0: Welcome to the Pomona Christian Church Podcast. For more information about Pomona Christian Church, please visit us at pomonachristian.com or find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Pomona Christian. We are in the series, Say What? And you've probably heard things or heard people say something or maybe you heard your kids say something. They're like, what? You know, what did I just hear or something that shocked you? Uh, One of the things I remember hearing as a kid that shocked me was when Darth Vader told Luke to join him, for I am your father. That was shocking. Like, this whole time, like, Darth Vader was Luke's dad. How's that? You know, I mean, nobody saw that coming probably another thing i heard that that shocked me i was trying to think of shocking things people said or announcements was when michael jordan announced his retirement i remember we were in college we had a dorm room full of people that were just stunned and we were in school in illinois just uh southwest of chicago and he retired and so that was shocking but if you've read the gospels you'll know over and over jesus said things that shocked people that challenged them and one of those uh, areas. And one of those times he said that was in the Sermon on the Mount. so we're going to look at Matthew chapter 5, and we're going to start at verse 38. And it says, "'You have heard that it was said, eye for eye and tooth for tooth. But I tell you, do not resist an evil person. If someone strikes you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. And if someone wants to sue you and take your tunic, let him have your cloak as well.' If someone forces you to go one mile, go with him two miles. Give to the one who asks you, and do not turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. So today this text is often misused, and and probably that first one, the eye for eye, tooth for tooth, even in one of the things I read, one of the common interpretations of that will be that Jesus somehow undoes this, or or says that it's not right, and that's not what Jesus is doing at all. It's been misused for for pacifism, that Christians can't be soldiers, they can't be police officers, it's uh, been used to argue against the death penalty. But what he's talking about in this is that eye for eye, tooth for tooth uh, was how the law was to be applied. It wasn't for individual retribution, which is how they were using that. And that's what this text is dealing with if you go through it, is how do you handle being mistreated? How do you treat someone you don't get along well with? How How do you treat them? And so in this, they thought it was all right for I, to you know, I I can get revenge on people, I don't have to forgive, you know, I can exact justice on my own. But that was really something for the, the government. That was the government's role. In fact, later in the New Testament, Paul writes, the government doesn't bear the sword for nothing, which was validating the government's role in handling those issues, not... It's not up to individuals to exact vengeance and get right and wrong. And so that's what Jesus is confronting in this, not the idea that this was not good, but how they were applying that law. And the whole point of that law was that it would be applied evenly, that there wouldn't be overreactions, there, wasn't, there wouldn't be people seeking vengeance, that the law would be applied so that life would be protected, that there was a life for a life, that there was a death penalty because a life is worth a life, and you have to protect life and set a standard. And so it's about just application. But when Jesus gets into this, He's showing how it's—it's it's, how do we handle it personally? It's not eye for eye, tooth for tooth. And when He talks about somebody slapping you, one of the things they would do as an insult would do a backhanded slap which would then bring another one. And so Jesus is saying that that's not how we're to live, insult for insult, hatred for hatred in our personal relationships. And so this is what Jesus confronts. But how do we respond when we're mistreated, when we think someone's unfair, if we know somebody doesn't like us or would sabotage us or say things about us behind our backs? How do we respond when that happens? You know, it's easy to be kind, it's easy to be loving, it's easy to be forgiving with people we know and that we like, with people maybe that apologize, but how do we handle it when we're mistreated, we're treated unfairly? How do we respond? And I want to look at verse 41 as the shocking statement this morning. And he says, if someone forces you to go one mile, go with him two miles. Now, we have a phrase in our language today that comes from that, and that's going the extra mile. When somebody does something for you, they go above and beyond, we say they went the extra mile. But why would somebody force somebody to make you go a mile? See, in in that time, the Roman government, the Roman soldiers occupied Israel. And under the policy of Angaria, they could force someone to carry their equipment for one mile. By law, they had to do it. And so, to the patriotic Jew who loved Israel, if forced to go a mile, he would go one mile and he would drop everything and be done with his duty. And so Jesus gives them this statement, which would have been shocking. As many, seeing him as the Messiah, would expect him to be opposed to Rome. He says, if you're forced to carry their things a mile, go two miles. Now, these are resented, hated people. And he's saying, hey, go above and beyond for these hated, resented people. You know, we see that when Jesus is going to the cross and He can't carry the cross anymore and they force a man named Simon of Cyrene to carry the cross, that's that law. He had to do it by law. But the statement has a principle for us, and that is that as believers, as followers of Jesus Christ, we should be willing to do more than the minimum, that we should be willing to extend ourselves, who on most occasions we would say they don't deserve it. I'll do only what I have to, but we should be willing to go the extra mile. You know, Jesus showed this in his ministry in Matthew 8, and there's a crowd and people are surrounding Jesus. A leper cries out for help, and Jesus stops everything and and heals him. Jesus intentionally goes through this area of Samaria in John chapter 4 when all Israelites would go around it. He intentionally does it so that he can minister to them. He's going down a road, and there's this man in a tree named Zacchaeus, and he stops everything that he's doing to minister to Zacchaeus. And then Peter, we know he gives chance after chance to, and Thomas, who doubts. Jesus shows him his hands and his feet and his side. The Jesus ministry, if you read through it, is one incident after another of going the extra mile. And in 1 Peter 2, it says this: To this you were called because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. Jesus is asking us to do what he's done. He's not telling us to do something that he hasn't modeled, that he doesn't do. But this is one of the hardest things. I think when you go through the Sermon on the Mount, no matter where you are spiritually, it's challenging. It's hard to go the extra mile when you don't feel like it. When you think somebody doesn't deserve it, or they've used all their chances, that we encounter it all the time, that people are willing to do what's required, but they don't want to go beyond that. And that's kind of our human nature. I read a survey years ago that says the percentage of Americans who say they need more fun, 68%. Who need a long vacation, 67%. Who doesn't need a long vacation, who often feel stressed, 66%. That's years ago, I'd say it's probably gone up. People who feel their time is crunched, 60%. I'm like, where what are the other 40% doing? You know how how wh- where's this uncrunched time? I'd like to find that. People who want less work, more play. 51%. Uh, 49% of the country's weird. I'm telling you. Feel pressure to succeed, 49%. There they are. Uh, feel overwhelmed, 48%. And so, you know, we see sometimes that we're, we're pressed, we're, we're kind of maxed. So when this idea of going the extra mile, when we're already crunched for time, we feel stressed, seems kind of hard. But I'm sure a lot of times it's true, in a lot of roles people are overworked, but there are also people who watch the clock they're ready to go as soon as they can. They stretch their break, maybe use every possible sick day they can and, and get off everything they can to get out of doing work. I'm sure you've encountered bad service. You've walked into a place as a customer and they've acted surprised that you're there and, and that somehow you're intruding on their time to buy something. You've probably come across that. There are attitudes that we can develop that keep us from going the extra mile. You know, it's, well, why don't they ever have to do this? Why is it always me? And if I keep doing this, then how are they going to learn? Well, I don't make enough money to do this. Well, everyone else, they're doing this. Why should I go the extra mile? They're goofing off. They're not giving their best. You might say, well, the boss is a jerk. I don't feel like doing my best. But here's the thing as believers, we're not called to be conformed, we're called to be distinctive, we're called to stand out. And how would it reflect Jesus Christ if someone knew if they hired a believer that they would get somebody who is going to go the extra mile? You know, nowhere does Jesus say, you know what, do what comes naturally. You know, that is what comes naturally to look out after ourselves and to stop at the required point. People even do that with their salvation. Well, I don't have to do this to be saved. Even in relationship with Jesus Christ, people will kind of say, well, I don't need to go the extra mile. This, you know, if this is all I got to do to be saved, I don't have to go to church to be saved, I don't have to give to be saved, and, and all these things. We see it all the time. So here are some principles we need to keep in mind that will help us go the second mile, and one means this. It means you do more than expected and more than the minimum. I remember a time years ago, I had this uh, little Toyota pickup that if I had kept it, it probably would have increased in value in today's standards. And But anyway, I was out fishing one day in, in Arkansas, and everything ran on one fan belt on that truck, and that fan belt broke. So needless to say, everything on the truck died. It wouldn't move. And so uh, I started to walk down the road. Somebody came along. They had seen the truck. They gave me a ride into Mammoth Spring. I offered to give them some money uh, for driving me in. They wouldn't take it. So I went in, uh, called a tow truck. You know, I didn't have a cell phone back then, so I used a pay phone. Uh, called a tow truck, and I went into Fred's Fish House to to wait for the tow truck. And so I ordered some coffee, and they asked if I wanted to eat. I said, No, not. You know, I'm just waiting for a tow truck. Had some you know, problems. They said, okay. So, the tow truck comes. I go to pay them. They say, no, no, don't worry about it. I'm like, all right. You know, I like Arkansas. It's pretty nice. So, the tow truck driver takes me to get my truck. I get in the tow truck. We hook it up, and I tell him I've just got the free tow that'll basically get me back to town. Then I can fix it. So, we get into Mammoth, and then he swings a left and goes further uh, down the highway. And I was Kind of thought, well, I knew I'd told him a couple times now that I only had, he took me to a garage that his brother runs. His brother put a fan belt on. I said, how much? He said, don't worry about it. I said, I'm going to pay somebody, you know. And so he finally, I finally forced him to accept some money. But it was amazing. Time after time, people going the extra mile. And it was just, it, you love it when you encounter that. Of course, then on the way back, I stopped at McDonald's, got a meal, and had no napkin and no straw. So, you know, it all, it kind of came back, it came back around. But you see that over and over, it, people will go the extra mile. Luke, in Luke chapter 6, Jesus says, give and it will be given to you. A good measure pressed down, shaken together and running over will be poured into your lap. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you. You know, everything... God tells us to do, there is, a, I believe, a reward attached. He says, you can't outgive God, whether it's financially, whether it's of your time, whether it's going the extra mile. And here at church, I see over and over again people who will go the extra mile that they'll help out, or there's a need somebody has in the church and there's an outpouring of desire to help and to pray. Too often in culture, we see people that just want to get by on the minimum. They just want to do what's expected. And that's where believers are to be different. Because our culture is one of entitlement, that everybody else should… There's an expectation that the government or people should provide us something, or somebody else should pay off bad loans that I got and take care of problems that, that somehow we created, and then somebody's supposed to come along and clean it up. That's the culture we live in. But Christians are to be different and to go the extra mile. Second principle is this, it means you do your best even if you could get by with less. Colossians 3, it says, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart, as working for the Lord, not for men. So it says, whatever you do, whatever job, remember, the boss you serve is not the one in your office or in your school or wherever you work, it's ultimately God that you are serving. But then we have to remember the verse before that says this, because some would say, well, you don't know my workplace. You know, my workplace is rough. It's, it's easy to say that there. In verse 22, he says, slaves, obey your earthly masters in everything and do it not only when their eye is on you and in favor, but with sincerity of heart and reverence for the Lord. You see, that should be the main focus of everything that we do. He tells slaves, don't just obey your masters when, when they're looking. But remember who you really serve even in that role, even though you're forced. You know, we all, at times, we run out of time or we face obstacles or maybe we just didn't plan out well and we cut some corners. But giving our best doesn't mean that we're perfectionist either. You know, I like what Edwin Bliss said. He said, the pursuit of excellence is gratifying and healthy. The pursuit of… Per- Perfection is frustrating, neurotic, and a terrible waste of time. So there's a difference between trying to do a good and excellent job and trying to be perfect, because no matter how well we do, we'll never be perfect, but we can do it better. We can do something, a common thing, in an uncommon way. And that's what I hope as a church we do, that we do things excellently. It doesn't mean we'll be perfect and things don't fall through the cracks, nothing's missed but it means we will be welcome we, we won't just talk to people we know. We'll reach out to those we don't know and welcome them. We'll invite people in rather than just thinking of the church and the congregation as something just for us and those already here. And so we do an excellent job. And, and you know, I think it's inspiring when I hear something about a believer or somebody in our church that they're a teacher who stays after and they go the extra mile to help or a construction worker who gives of their time to do something that they don't have to do to help someone else. It's great to hear stories of people going the extra mile when they could get by with less. It also means we go the extra mile for others when they can't or they won't return the favor. You know, there are times we go the extra mile even we know going in, this, there's not going to be any reward. There's not going to be anything that I gain out of this. It's easy when there's a gain for us, or we can trust or know what's going to happen. It's easy to help someone when we're friends, but what if it's somebody who's competing with us or kind of opposed to us, to help somebody without expecting anything, you know, here at the church, we have a benevolence fund, and I know that time after time, we've we've helped people, and they're probably, you know, most likely they're not going to come to church. This isn't going to be the thing that, that gets them through. Maybe they're just using this to, you know, make it another month or whatever it is, and there won't be any long-term benefit, but there are times we just help to help. We go the second mile without expecting anything. Jesus... Carries on in Matthew five, he says, "But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be sons of your Father in heaven. He causes the sun to rise on the evil and the good, and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. So he's saying, even even in this, he sends his rain on the righteous and the unrighteous evenly. He says, if you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even tax collectors doing that?" And if you greet only your brothers, what more are you doing than others? Do not even pagans do that. Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. See, what he's telling us is to be like God and do what God does. If we just greet those who greet us, if we help those who have maybe helped us or their friends and maybe we'll get something in the long run, that's what everybody does. How is a believer different? How does knowing Jesus Christ transform you? You know, in Luke 17, ten lepers come to Jesus to be healed, and they're healed. Only one comes back and says, thanks. And I think Jesus knew that, you know, a lot of what he did would not be met with gratitude. But he did it out of love and to to help, even if it wasn't return. I like the lyrics to the song... What God Does by Sky Park, and it says, Jump in the mess of human lives undressed, and sin unconfessed, and see beauty. Look at the sea of misfits and misery, and cry till ye bleed, and see beauty. Then the course goes on to say, that's what God does, why can't we? Then it says, waste all the best on the most dishonored guest. When she's unimpressed, and see beauty. Give till you're gone to the least deserving one, and call him your son, and see beauty. And he says, that's what God does, and that is what God has done for every believer. We didn't deserve to be in the family, to be in the kingdom. And here's another one. Be sensitive to God's leading. I think one of the things we don't like when we're in that situation of having to even go the one mile, let alone the extra It's an interruption, and something comes in our schedule, and not many of us like interruptions when we have our day planned and and what we're going to do. But we have to be sensitive to God's leading, to know that interruptions can be opportunities that God has given us to minister to those He's trying to reach, to be an example, to lead somebody to Christ in some way. We never know what impact we'll have. And I'll say this about the Albanian Medical Project, that we go to village to village to do screenings, but we don't know what the end result will be. The whole point of that was just to let people know that Christians care, that there is nothing expected in return, that it would somehow show a love that they haven't experienced. And that opportunity, God would somehow use in the future in some other way and so you never know when asked to go the first mile if that's God interrupting your day with an opportunity that by going the second mile you can make an eternal impact and and all those things every time I look at these statements that Jesus makes I say you know what Jesus modeled that he didn't just say to do it it wasn't just some uh, pious sounding thing that would sound good or convicting but he's calling us to be like him For more information about Pomona Christian Church, please visit us at pomonachristian.com or find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Pomona Christian.